Well, it's a fact of life that siblings squabble. Look at Liam and Noel or Kane and Dable. Well, we ain't got a bandana, don't wanna kill you. But we'll sit and chat and argue about cinema reviews. Who is right? Is it me or him? Well, you were always mother's favourite. Are you still singing that hymn? Prepare for a battering, it's time for the squabblings. Welcome back to Squabblings, the sibling podcast where me, Charlotte, and me, Tom, talk about all manner of film and TV within the past hundred or so years. Hundred or so, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's actually probably coming up to the hundredth anniversary since the camera was discovered or invented, isn't, isn't it? Yes, so from from the Lumineer Brothers to <laughs> whatever garbage the Rat Pack have pumped out in the past couple of years or so, we shall review. Yes, we shall. <laughs> How have you been, Tom? Yeah, I've been okay. We're slowly getting there, aren't we? The end of Owen Wilson month. The end. Of I'm sad Owen to Wilson see him month. go. I will. Do you know I will be too? We've. We, he's come to be. Almost like the third sibling of Squabblings. He has, yeah. <laughs> and thank you all so much for voting in the poll on Instagram and Facebook for what you would like to see next. I was, mm. of, I was of course, right. And people wanted to have uh, the, the seminal study on Danny DeVito over yeah. Sean Connery. I think the world unanimously decided that, hang on a minute, we don't really want to see Sean Connery anymore because he's a wife-beating... Well, I don't know, you can't, you can't say much much stuff about the dead because you know, they can't defend themselves, can oh, they? Oh, no, 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 nobody ever said anything bad about Hitler, you know. You know he's, <laughs> he's dead, so we should just not speak ill of the dead even yeah. when they kill millions of people. Well, actually, Danny DeVito got 78% of the voting poll. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Because the fact is, I don't think he's had as good a career as Sean Connery. There's not as much to talk about. No, but he's meme fodder. <laughs> That's it. He is. That's why. I mean, uh, bearing in mind that most of the people who voted in the poll were children. <laughs> yeah, so it's so. like they, they, none of the people who even look at Danny DeVito memes probably uh, were even, alive or had a recollection. Yeah, the films that he is um, he's in. Yeah, I doubt. Maybe even some of them were alive, but I doubt they were even in charge of their own bladders when it when he was making <laughs> films. <laughs> I can't believe it that we're 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 at the end of this crucial critical month of of Owen Wilson month. It's been it's been a journey. Tom. I think it's been life changing. It has, yeah. It's it's like it's it's like the kind of speeches that you hear from people on at the end of the Great British Bake Off, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> This has been the best summer of my life. <laughs> Quite honestly, I'll say that it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I've learned oh, so much. Thank you for this everything. This is even better than when my children were born. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it has. It has been something that we were we were thinking about doing right from the beginning, very beginnings of squabblings. And I've got to say, I have enjoyed sitting down and getting to know Owen Wilson, not just as an actor, but as a person. I'm going to be honest. Is there much to know about Owen Wilson? No, because as we've discussed at length, only Owen Wilson only ever plays himself. Yeah. <laughs> if if um, every man is an island and their thoughts are as deep as an ocean, I think Owen Wilson is maybe... Liverpool Dockyards. Yeah. Or, ev- <laughs> or, or even like, what's that really famous sea where you can stand up in most of it? I think it's the Red, the Red Sea or the Caspian Sea. Oh, possibly. It's one of those where the... the Average depth is like 10 metres all over. So <laughs> Owen Wilson is the Red Sea of actors because every man is an diggy island. Diggy diggy. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that is obviously some kind of uh, chat up, isn't it? I, I'm, I, want to wa- I want to wade in your Red Sea. Is it? <laughs> it's not an Owen Wilson chat up line, that's for sure. He's far oh, too wow. he's far too classy for that. I want to wade in your Red Sea. Look at no, that. He's, he's not no, a smutman. He's work. not a smutty man, is he? No, but he is He's kind of portrayed as being a little bit of a fuckboy in this in this film. And I've got kind to say of. It, it it didn't come across as incredibly believable from Owen Wilson. No. Owen Wilson has so much respect for women, it just radiates off him. <laughs> and it just, just didn't suit his character in this film. No, no, I know, yeah, we were meant to try and believe that he was a womanizer. I mean, it's like having Tom Hanks as a, 
and they, playing yeah. Hugh Hefner or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just wouldn't work. <laughs> Tom Hanks trying to be nasty to children. It's just not in his nature. <laughs> you know. Oh, I don't know. Have you seen the director's cut of Polar Express? I... <laughs> Oh yeah, I bet he's a demon. He's like get in the room. Closet. Absolutely. He, there, there's a oh yeah, the extended scene where he takes them all up front and just shovels them straight into the furnace. Yeah. <laughs> my train, my rules. <laughs> you know, I've never actually seen Polar Express. I have tried to watch it a few times. I bet it's really bad. It feels like it, it for some reason. I just couldn't shake the feeling of 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 being a bit uneasy when I was watching it. Why? It, is it the animation style? In maybe, it? It's weird. but it did kind of feel like a hellscape of you know, like or a dream that you have when your temperature's a little bit too high, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't. I just couldn't shake this feeling of uneasiness. You know, on top of the fact as well that it's got quite heavy themes of like child abduction abduction and I suppose so yeah <laughs> it just didn't feel just didn't feel right Tom it just no. didn't feel right but you know what does feel right what does feel right wedding Tom? crashes yeah yeah <laughs> wow 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 So Wedding Crashes is a 2005 American romance sex comedy (laughs) directed by David Dobkin, written by Steve Faber and Bob Fisher, starring Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, Christopher Walken, Walken. Rachel McAdams, Isla Fisher, Bradley Cooper, who Charlotte didn't know was Bradley Cooper, even though she's seen, I don't know, at least six or seven Bradley Cooper films, and he doesn't look that much different from any of the other ones in this one. I think he looks unrecognisably unlike himself He's just slightly younger, maybe about 28 or so, and he has short hair, that's about it. Listen, I am a little bit face blind. <laughs> Obviously. I know that's yeah. not an incredible fee to have as a teacher. This is, there's been so many great examples where Charlotte has said an actor <laughs> and, and you're just like, no, that's not who it was in that film. Some, some real gems. Well, um, so uh, the classic one for me is I cannot for the life of me distinguish between Sandra Bullock and... Um, Oh, what's she called? Um, Sarah Jessica Parker? No, uh, somebody who else is... Anne Hathaway? Yeah, Sandra Bullock and Anne Hathaway. They're sort of interchangeable, aren't they, all those types of actresses? Yeah, honestly, if you showed me back-to-back a picture of her and let's like say let's throw in like a Zoe Deschanel Mm. or another kind of nondescript white brunette middle to young-aged actress, can't do it. I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anna Kendrick, another one. Of those. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of that kind of typical Hollywood face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The young, the the thirties young white person, white girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this film is another one of the Rat Pack seminal pieces. I mean, we've said before that this is in many ways the traditional film that people think of when they think Owen Wilson. Do you think? I think so. Yes, I think this 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 comes from the height of his career. I actually think this was one of his most successful films, Wedding Crashes. Yeah, isn't it? it's before he, the 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 Marley and Me era of Owen Wilson. Yeah, and before before he became a family man. Yeah, in, in, yeah, in many yeah. Ways. When he was still riding the high of being a younger actor, really, before <laughs> yeah. he sort of crested the hill of being able to play dads and stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, um, playing opposite another comedy f- staple, Vince Vaughn. Mm, in this film, the funniest unfunny man on screen. I know! There was the, it, it, he was... He was a swinging Newton's cradle for me of, I find you hilarious yeah. and I find you really cringily unfunny i could yeah. not decide for the life of me whether i liked his performance in this or or really disliked it i just think this means that really it could possibly just be that over the course of his career vince vaughn's never really caught the break with the roles that really he could shine in before that really play to his strengths yeah 
but I, I also think that there were other stronger performances in this film that that did outshine him a little bit. Stronger than Vincent Vaughan. Vincent Vaughan. <laughs> Vincent Vaughan. <laughs> to use him by his full name. <laughs> by his yeah, to call him by his full name, Vincent Vaughan. Like your mum does when you call, when you when you're in trouble. Yeah. Vincent Vaughan, you come no downstairs, as Vincent. Oh, Vincent. What a Vincent. name. Vincent. Yeah. Yes, it's a it's a very kind of old man name, Vincent, isn't it? Un- I think so. Until you you change it to Vince then it becomes I am a 20 something punk rocker <laughs> yeah well what about Vincenzo well no that's just like a renaissance <laughs> painter's name yeah, isn't exactly it? yeah so he could be 450 years old now instead. <laughs> I'm Vincenzo so, so Vincent is either old very old or very old <laughs> or, yeah. or quite young yeah yeah exactly So where do we start with this film? Well, I think let's talk a little bit about the style of this film. Hmm. It's sort of like a, a moneyed East Coast American's dream, isn't it? Yeah, it's very... It, again, it was one of those very typically american oriented comedies. Yeah. We're not really shining a light with this film on like any gritty new area of society it's not it's not trying to hold up a mirror to anything is it it wasn't a life of brian it wasn't trying to be uh, uh edgy no. and commenting on something that comedy hasn't done before no, it wasn't not. even a homage like last episode starsky and hutch or T- uh, hot fuzz may have been it was your fairly bog standard script and everyone in it was just so rich oh but not even God. in like a way that they really observe that they're rich it's not like you're commenting on the fact they're rich it was just like it's a comedy aimed at people who are rich who are as well. insanely rich yeah yeah like christopher walken's character in this film he's meant to be like next in line for the presidency so you know he's like serious money yeah and people are yachting and hunting all <laughs> over the place yeah. they've got staff <laughs> and like the only black guy in it is like a member of the staff yeah is is a help is a member of the help is yeah. the help you, yeah. you've got your classic racist grandmother yeah people who only exclusively wear yachting type clothing yep <laughs> muted colors and yeah lots of beige lots of lots beige of trousers beige, going on lots of light blue <laughs> yeah yeah lots of you know weekends away at the cabin Kind of the level of rich that your dad inspires to be. Yeah. <laughs> aspires to be. Yeah. yeah. Aspires to be, yes. Well, who? what can we say about this, really? Is this just America, like, sectioning off a pop, a, you know, but siphoning how, off part of their population? I mean, how many Americans are that kind of crazy rich, though? I don't know. Obviously not that many. But why, why, why do they want to see comedies about them? That's what I, what, what I'm getting at, is that I don't think it's a very relatable section of society, is it? No, and I don't even think that the you know the normies of this, the the two main characters, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn characters, mm. I don't think they're even a normal section. It's it's not even like it's meant to be an expose on you know, th- this is how the other half lives sort of thing. No, it's not even like they're middle class. They're divorce lawyers, so it's like they're they're probably quite well off themselves. And they're also pro- probably quite rich as well. Yeah, and then they go into this even richer subsection of society. Yeah, they go up the big leagues where everyone's like suckling at the power teat of Christopher Walken. <laughs> Christopher Walken, I think for the first time in his cinematic history that I can recall, certainly, is actually kind of playing it sort of straight-laced in this and sort of like a normal human being. I think so. <laughs> this is this is the only Christopher Walken performance I think I've seen where I think he is playing a character rather than some weird caricature of himself from pop culture. <laughs> yeah. And I had, in the years since I'd seen this film, actually forgotten that Christopher Walken was in this because he plays such a normie in this. Yeah, <laughs> just such a normal human <laughs> I mean, being. Yeah, I mean, you could have replaced Christopher Walken with any kind of middle-aged, well-known actor. I mean, th- this this could have been... The, the role that Tommy... Oh, no, what is he called? Robert De Niro played in, De Niro. Um, in in Meet the Fockers. It's that kind of... It's hitting that same kind no, of He's note. not middle class enough. 
Do you not think so? I think Christopher Walken's got a good air of middle class about him. Like he, he's believable as a senator, isn't he? Mm. Like a proper, proper uppity, you know, just like moneyed, who Montauk, el- Maryland senator. Who, who else? Who else would you class as your uh, Scotch drinking, <laughs> um, golf playing, senator, father, patriarch of the family sort of thing? Mm. I was going to go maybe for a, a Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, he'd be a good one, I think. Yeah, mm. Tommy Lee Jones. It's almost like an everyman thing that somebody could play. Well, it's got to be a rich actor, somebody with a g- good diction in their voice. Oh, I think. do you know who could have been it? The the, the father of Method himself. Who? Um, ah, uh, what's he called? Um, um, uh, Hook. Robert, no, oh, yeah, um, Dustin. Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman would have been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'd have actually quite liked to see that. Dustin Hoffman as a, as av- average middle American father. Because he's good at comedy as well. They he could is. have got him more involved in it. Because I feel like one thing Christopher Walken didn't really do was he didn't really... His character was one-dimensional, is that he was just meant to be yes. uh, a, he, a patriarchal figure, and that was about it, really. He wasn't really funny. Whereas... Uh, and he was playing something that was really quite... He, he His performance was quite bland at the end of the day. And yeah. I feel like... He could really have been interchangeable with any other actor who's known for playing roles like that. Whereas I actually feel with everybody else in this film actually delivered their roles quite uniquely and brought something quite magical to their portrayal. Um, I suppose I'd say there were a couple of characters who were very generic. Oh, who do you think was generic then? Uh, I think Rachel McAdams was personally a little bit just like bland uh, Yes, for me. I would probably also agree with you on that one. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that, like, I mean, she looks quite young in this film, doesn't she? Yeah, she looks she like she's look- on, uh, uh, yeah, at the beginning of her career. Yeah. And uh, I think this would have been pretty soon after The Notebook, like circa this kind of era oh, she- of Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yeah. So I think she's like maybe like 25 in this or something. Mm, yeah. And, and I think for the main love interest of the story, she's really quite bland. Yeah. Mm. Like what What do we, we know about her from the film? Well, Owen Wilson is essentially meant to fall for her in yeah. the space of a weekend. Yeah. And there's nothing really to distinguish her as a person outside of I am pretty and I am white. And apparently I have interests outside of my boyfriend and the partnership that I'm in. But yeah. I'll be fucked if I ever hear about them. You yeah, know? exactly. So let's try and like name why Owen Wilson likes her so much. She's pretty. Yeah. Mm. He just takes a fleeting fancy to her at, at this wedding, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like they have anything in common. It's not like we even know what her her interests are. No. What does she do as a job? Um I think it's mentioned very briefly that she works with children as like a social worker or I don't know, something like that. But fuck if I know. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, I mean Isla Fisher in this had bags of personality she had personality coming out of her ears yeah <laughs> in, in this film and that's why i loved her performance yeah and rachel mcadden's performance in this is just really just uninspiring well uh, vince vaughn and her who were paired together obviously in this film mm-hmm. they were great weren't they they were cuckoo yeah absolutely cuckoo crazy ones. people yeah yeah and you you don't expect anything less from the woman who married borat do you <laughs> <laughs> Is is Isla Fisher with Sasha Baron Cohen? Yeah, she's married to Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. What the hell? I know. How did that happen? <laughs> That's a mind fuck, isn't it? Yeah. How did he get that? Well, you know. He just got a ten foot wang or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not the prettiest guy in the world, is he? I don't know. He's all right, isn't he? Yeah, he's okay, but he's not like anything special, is he? Well, it just goes to show, Tom, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's, money. It's, it's not the looks. Yeah. It's the size of the personality wang. The size of the wang. <laughs> it's the size of your dude, bags of charisma. To be fair, talent is attractive, isn't it? That's what they always say. And yes. Sasha Baron Cohen's very talented he and is, successful. Yes. Yeah. So. And he's funny. And I think people yeah, underestimate... Yeah, he's actually genuinely funny. Yes, I think men in particular underestimate just how much being genuinely funny makes you attractive to a woman. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And not being like man's man funny, where you're cracking jokes at the expense of other people. No. 
just actually like self-deprecatingly funny. <laughs> yeah. This yes, this is why. Ask and if you want to get to know any woman on like a really personal level, don't ask them like who their top three is or who's on their like list of like, oh I can break my relationship vows to sleep with this person because they'll go <laughs> with conventionally funny people. Ask them instead who their weird crush is, the non-conventional crush. Mm. Or just ask them who they think is funny. Yeah. Like if they they watch comedians, who do they find funny? Mm. Who's your weird crush, Tom? My weird crush? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, actually. I've never thought about it. See, you kind of, you get to the real crux of somebody's personality if you ask someone this. Because I remember I I was going out with someone and I asked them that and they said, Casey Hopkins. (laughs) (laughs) Not for me, no, no. Um, I'm trying to think who else I would I want to shoot her in Um, the face. um, uh, Danny Harmer. Danny Harmer. Yeah, you know. Which is like, no, the, but the, the thing Tracy is, Beaker. Yeah, we grew up watching Tracy Beaker. So to me, she's like perpetually 12 years old. So it's like, it's a oh, no, like, unfortunately. Yes, I guess that's true. It's a no. Yeah. She's forever immortalized as Miss Tracy Beaker. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember who I've said in the past is my weird crush. Oh, um, some, some, I get weird looks with this sometimes, and sometimes other people say, oh, yes, I get that. Go on. Jack Black. Yeah, I'd go for Jack Black, yeah. He's meaty-licious. <laughs> he's meaty-licious. Yeah. He's cuddly. <laughs> yeah. And he's funny. He That's makes thing, me yeah. laugh. He's funny. He's got a great voice, actually. I always think about Jack Black is that he's uh, he's one of those guys that should have just been a professional musician, really, rather than just being funny. Yes, although I think that he, he, is, he is quite a, a good comic actor. And the music he does with Tenacious D is, is, is comedic music, isn't it? Yeah, 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 but he's got a good enough voice, hasn't he, to be like a big league singer. Hollywood Jack and the Rage Cage. <laughs> I think he has anyway. I mean, that's a that's a whole other can of worms for another time, how people of our generation just love the Tenacious D movie. And I rewatched it about a year oh ago and I was like, this is shit. It's, since, <laughs> since release, it, ha- it has become something of a bit of a cult classic, hasn't it? yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's people of our generation who have doggedly listened to the soundtrack over and over again. Yeah, I think amongst my friends, I'd be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't know all the songs, like, Well, especially you, because you went to a music college. Mm, So maybe I'm in a bit of a bubble, but still I think that's a generational thing, that we all, for some weird reason, know the Tenacious D movie off by heart. It's it's our generation. It's our generation's. Oh oh god! What would you say is like the seminal piece of work that all millennials and or, or no all uh, baby boomers know? Actually, I th- I think if you were a musician and say you grew up in the like seventies or eighties, you'd probably say Spinal Tap is the funniest music-rated comedy you'd ever seen. No, and I tell you what, you say Blues Brothers. Yeah, or Blues Brothers. It's one of those where you the, in the, the land of Stone in the land of Stonehenge. <laughs> The older, you know, older guitar players, they love to quote that sort of stuff like, this amp goes up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> like, why not just make 10 the loudest? Goes up to 11. Goes up to 11. But no, in, 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 on the subject of going back to weird crushes, yeah. I was thinking towards the beginning of this film that they, apparently these, these two are billed as being incredible, like, ladies' men. And with Vince it's a bit of a stretch, Vaughan, isn't it? I just don't see it. Uh, maybe when Vince Vaughn was a bit younger, he you can like sort of shoe. see it. He looks like a shoe. He does. <laughs> he looks like a shoe. He does. So, his face does look like something a child has made out of plasticine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. Anyway, I think. I think. Have you ever seen him? He's in like the second Jurassic Park oh, at like the start of his when career he's when he's a bit young. younger. When he's yeah. very young, he's a bit more attractive then. You know, he's nice and tall and uh, you know skinny and and handsome. He's got a full head of hair, sort of thing. He's a bit more um, pa- palatable on the eyes. I'm, I just don't think so. I think he looks. Like, I think at, at any one time he looks like he's just come out of like a three day bender. He's really <laughs> pale. He's like he almost looks like he's got like kind of slightly red eyes. I know. Yeah, I think his resting face is just a face that looks like he's just seen a murder. Like he's yes. got these really weird <laughs> shady eyes. I think. Like yeah, he does. He's got he's got the eyes of a shrew. 
yeah, he's got Moon the eyes. <laughs> like, and it's even worse. You know, even more accentuated when he uh, does when he doesn't grow facial hair. So when he's yeah. got when he's clean shaven, he looks the contour of his of his face just seem to all blend into one, and it's like there are no contours on his of his face. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. No, he, although and, and but then in contrast, though, I could totally see that Owen Wilson was a ladies' man. Uh, Owen Wilson is attractive in an obvious way, I think, isn't he? Yes. But I think maybe Vince Vaughn is just attractive. He's not. He's not bad looking, is he? That's the thing. Um... And I think he's a, he's probably. We're trying to believe he's a ladies' man because he's just got an overpowering he's personality. Got, he's got all of these moves. These moves. Yeah, exactly. He's got the moves. He's an overpowering personality. That's that's how they get away with it in this film, isn't it? It's just by being... Charismatic. Just Yeah, they just blag everything. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the kind of the moments that did... did make me laugh and I caught myself laughing at Vince Vaughn quite a few times yeah. I know absolute sacrilege <laughs> <laughs> because because of those funny little one-liners that they yeah. think will just like turn women into putty in your hands like um you know like, like how they how they say like over and over again oh we lost so many good men out there <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. playing with the Yankees Yes, playing yes, with the Yankees yeah. to to <laughs> trade-offs and unruly fans. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't, want to, it anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of that was just like them improvising, to be honest. Mm, I, I, and I think with with many comedies, you needed Vince Vaughn's straight man to Owen Wilson's more kind of kooky, funny man. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And he he was he was kind of the driving force and the voice of reason a lot of the time, whereas Owen Wilson was the one that was spurring the the the, the plot on. And it is it is sometimes a little bit bland. It's nothing new, is it? You know, Owen Wilson is our straight laced American hero, isn't he? <laughs> Who's funny, but not like in a uh, sense that we ever laugh at him. You laugh with him. Yeah, you laugh at Vince Vaughn. The funny things which make you laugh out of obscenity or like they're, because they're bad things happening to someone, they all happen to Vince Vaughn, like when he gets shot in the ass yes. or, or, you know, taken out in the in the football game. Or when Isla Fisher's like jerking him off under Yeah, the or table. when he gets tied to the bed. The funny shit, oh the funny shit like that doesn't happen to Owen, Owen Wilson because he's the straight-laced American you know hero. What? I think you have kind of hit it on the head. You laugh at Vince Vaughn, but you laugh with Owen Wilson. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Going back to the scene that you just mentioned. Which one? The uh, the, the midnight rape scene. The midnight rape. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus I love, Christ. I love that's how Vince Vaughn describes it when he comes down in the morning from his room. I looked over to you and I said, Jesus Christ, double standards much. If that was the other way around and it was the woman being forcibly tied up yeah, and, and, yeah. and taken advantage of in the That's night. That's rape. It is yeah, rape. Yeah, yeah, no. But like, credit where credit's due to that film, they call it what they it call is, it which what is, it is rape. <laughs> the midnight rape. The, <laughs> the midnight rape. <laughs> but I get it, but it's still played for laughs, which is kind of maybe what I took issue with a little bit. But... I know, yeah. And the one, the one thing I realised about this film is... The version that's out there on most of the platforms at the moment, like to rent or to buy, mm-hmm. um, is not the version that I think we're familiar with. The director's cut is actually much more funny. So the actual theatrical release of this film is a bit more bland, it's isn't it? It's a bit it? tame, yes. The, and Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, the, the version that we sat down and watched, yeah, it, it was quite tame. It was yeah. tamer than I remember it being. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And... Even on on some elements like the, the you know the racist grandmother and uh, the cougar wife who who wants to just like seduce everyone yeah yeah I, I could I could see that they probably took that further in some deleted scenes but then decided yeah. to just rein it back a little bit more mm. a lot of those characters are fleshed out a little bit more in the director's cut and it's not even like it's an addition mm. like a Lord of the Rings length addition <laughs> it's about I don't know maybe 20 minutes more wedding crashes multiple endings <laughs> where, it, where it goes on for scene after scene after scene <laughs> where he gets beaten the hell out of him by they, uh, and they wave Owen Wilson off to the Grey Havens and <laughs> yeah <laughs> where in fact he, he doesn't do Thing. he just kills himself he jumps off a bridge oh, during god. the depressing phase i mean oh god talk about hindsight being 2020 uh that the, there's a scene when owen wilson's character's not having a great time with things and he's reading some book that's called like don't jump don't jump don't jump yeah oh and if you know uh, anything about owen wilson's um 
mid-career history, break he's that he had. He's probably considered it at some point, yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Oh, oh my yeah. heart. But I feel, I feel like all the funniest things for me were just sort of, it wasn't the strength of the narrative of the film itself, the story, mm-hmm. but relying on the characters. Yes. And I think the strongest character in this was Vince Vaughn, wasn't it? He was definitely the funniest. I think he was the most fleshed out, solid character. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. And he, when you, when you put him in the different situations that they conjured up in the script, like mm. the hunting scene and the boating scene and the scene at the dinner table, you knew what that character was going to do in that situation because he was a fleshed out character. Yeah. Well, let's just think about it for a moment. Why are we meant to like Owen Wilson's character in this? Because he's slightly less of a dick than Vince Vaughn. I suppose that's true. <laughs> yeah. And and I think what endears you to Owen Wilson's character is that at the 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 beginning of the film, he's beginning to doubt the wedding crasher life. Yes, yeah. It's not even that he's not a dick. He probably is a little bit of a dick. No, he's just he's just it's comparatively the, com- less of a dick. Compared to everyone else in the film, he's less of a dick than them. Yes. So so we root for him. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, Vince, Vaughan char- Vince Vaughan's character is very set in the wedding crasher lifestyle, and that is just turn up to a wedding and and try to hook up with as many hot women as you can, and you know, and rinse and repeat. He's got no intention to settle down. No. He, he doesn't care that any of the relationships that he has with these women don't go anywhere. Mm. And he doesn't know them on a personal level, and he he, he d- doesn't give a shit about what he wants his future to be or if it he is ironic though down. Then, that he's the first person out of them yes. to settle down i think it? i think that is the irony isn't it yeah he is the one that is staunchly against abandoning the wedding crusher's life but yeah. he is the one that gets married first whereas owen wilson is actively i think at that point in the film looking he's for someone it, isn't he? yeah and then, and then that, that he finds himself kind of drifting more into the wedding crasher way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so much so that he actually ends up crashing a funeral. Some of my some favourite bits was that we're in those montage when Owen Wilson is like having his depressing moments, <laughs> and he's just like got balloon animals on his head and he's telling the kids like i don't believe in love and like, <laughs> but I, I don't believe in friendship either <laughs> and he's making a speech at a wedding and he's like does anybody ever just feel like letting go <laughs> and, oh, and things like that i i feel like that sort of stuff is just primo and wilson where it's probably just like they just let him do what he wants they, it's they like off the just, cuff just didn't even script it and they were just like right just just say something when we turn the camera on yeah. and he just comes out with a, a, a wonderful little like tear of a clown nugget like that yeah yeah exactly yeah but i i do feel like to be honest a lot of american comedies of late or of that era they've relied too heavily on the abilities of their stars haven't they yeah. they could make more of an effort to to script things to 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 say you know to make the narratives of their films stronger rather mm. than relying on the personalities of their stars because really what would they be without the little the little quibbles and and snaps of Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn in this it wouldn't really be much to this film yeah and i think that's why the film felt a little bit unpolished uh, sometimes because certainly elements of it were scripted but i think there was a lot of it that wasn't yeah. And I think they had certain beats that they wanted to hit. And then other times they were just like, well, you know, just just go for it. Mm. And with some actors, they can carry that off because they're big personalities, like you said, like Owen Wilson, like Vince Vaughn. Mm. But some actors do fall short. And I think that's probably where Rachel McAdams fell short a little bit. And yes. uh, some of the other actors fell short a little bit. Because she's not famous for her comedy. She's not famous for being an outspoken creative do it all herself writing individual is no, she you wouldn't expect to see her on whose line is it anyway would you no <laughs> I mean... exactly but then again you wouldn't expect to see isla fisher there and she did a I, decent no, job didn't isla fisher i can totally see absolutely rocking a who like whose line is it anyway really yeah she'd smash it she'd be an absolute boss at it. <laughs> she's a nutcase and i loved her <laughs> but i think they that's why they chose rachel McAd- rachel mcadams i think they knew what they were doing do you think do you think they just they literally just, like, just, we put, just we picked just, an every woman for an every man yeah they were just like we need a damsel in distress really yeah and 
again, it's, it's sort of a little bit lazy and I could see that they tried to give her a bit of a personality and a character. But uh, but then, for instance, they, they gave her this boyfriend who, oh, surprise, <laughs> he's a dick. So actually, yeah. guys, it's fine that Owen Wilson wants to pursue her. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, if, Realistically, if you think about the film. It's terrible people doing terrible things the entire way through. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because if it was me, after seeing the, like knowing the girl for about 10 minutes, mm-hmm. her boyfriend then turns up and gives her a kiss, I'd be like, oh, well, that's that then. Oh, never mind. Yeah. And they say they've been together for three and a half years. Yeah. And then yeah. in a single weekend, Owen Wilson ruins their whole relationship. Um, I mean, granted, he is a douchebag. Yeah. Who? Bradley Cooper? <laughs> yes. Yeah, granted. And I think I can understand maybe why Rachel McAdams might... The, the problem I have with the film is I don't think she'll probably even stick with Owen Wilson long term. No, I got that feeling as well. And and I was thinking to myself, well, you know, if, if honey, if you haven't twigged that Bradley Cooper's a dickhead in three and a half years... See, I think <laughs> it's deeper than that. I think she is unhappy with her relationship with him and she just wants a way out... Yeah. Which even if it is a dramatic way out, like uh, sleeping with somebody else, is sometimes that is easier to do for somebody than Mm. to just say to their partner, I'm not comfortable in this relationship anymore. I think that's also the the way with Owen Wilson as well. I think because I think by by the time he goes to that wedding where he meets Rachel McAdams' character, he has decided, I think, that he doesn't want the lifestyle anymore. And he just latches on to the first person he sees yep. that, yeah, yeah. that could be his his way out. But I also think Rachel McAdams will use the Owen Wilson type character as a way out of their relationship. Maybe be with them for a little while, but not forever because mm. really it was just their excuse to get out of a relationship was that they've fallen in love with someone else. Yeah. But it's not really. It's just that they were unhappy in their current relationship. They're both, yeah, they're both just unhappy and they both just found solace in one another and they were both just each other's exit ticket. Yeah, basically, that's it, I think. Yeah, And then they just ride off into the sunset. <sighs> <laughs> Doing wedding crashy things. Crashing a wedding as well. I mean, you can tell... What's the fun in crashing a wedding as a couple? Swept off my feet by these men's like deceit. They act like it's doomsday for sneaking in on someone's wedding day. This family's so bougie, big yachts and red shabbly. These guys are shag nasties, as if they never got an ST day. This form's fine, and our Owen crashed a wedding. They might end up regretting. The weird emo kid, the racist nan get rid, but it's the best thing that he ever did. Cause true love's based on pressure, and which man's the aggressor? Congrats to Isla Fisher, she stole the show from Owen at the wedding. The comedy's matured, it doesn't feel laboured. Who thought what can work be? The one to ground the film in normalcy. This one's fine. And our Owen crashed a wedding. They might end up regretting. The weird emo kid, the racist now get rid, but it's the best thing that he ever did. Cause true love's based on pressure. And which man's the aggressor? Congrats to Isla Fisher. She stole the show. McAdams is your lady Cause she's got all the charisma of clay It feels a bit like Groundhog Day But Owen crashed a wedding No remorse or regretting All women are fair game There is no sense of shame Don't bother learning any second names Cause true love's based on pressure And which man's the aggressor Congrats to Isla Fisher She stole the show Pressure. And which man's the 
What's the fun in crashing a wedding as a couple? I know. Free food? Is that well, it? I, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, I get it. I get why they did it as single men. Yeah. But what's what's the fun in it in doing it as a couple? When they all ride off at the end and they're like, oh, let's go crash a wedding. See, this is it. I think this is what is essentially gave the film a very unsatisfactory ending as well. Is that when he is married, Vince Vaughn turns <laughs> to them all and says, oh, do you fancy crashing a wedding? And the yeah. look on Rachel McAdams' face then is like, are you fucking serious? Well, maybe it's not to sleep with people. It's just to have shenanigans and do... To I don't have know. shenanigans. You know, <laughs> to drink copious amounts and eat cake and... <laughs> listen to uh, Shout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen to Shout over and over again. Yeah, yeah good song. Uh, actually, you know, one thing I do love about this film is... Through sheer force of their personalities, I guess, I I do believe that when they go to a wedding, they end up being one hundred percent the party. Yeah, at that yeah, wedding, definitely yeah. the life and soul of the party, <laughs> for sure. Especially Vince Vaughn, I can believe that when he's just like with the bride and groom, telling yeah. them how to cut their cake and stuff. <laughs> like that is one hundred percent. Or like da- dancing with the little girl on the on the dance floor, and like yeah. and just a hundred percent being being totally into their own bullshit yeah. about like oh no, we're Aunt Marge's, we're Aunt May's Aunt, kids, Aunt Liz's kids, you know, Uncle Ned, Uncle Ned, Aunt Liz, yeah, yeah just the absolute balls to the wall confidence <laughs> that yeah. they do when they say that and even when they fuck up it's like yeah, yeah fr- from the grave, from she, the sh- grave. she sends her regards from the grave the gra- we've, we've become so spiritual <laughs> since she passed yeah no the both of them do just exude confidence and i did i did kind of like that the, the, the slight nuance they gave them both that they're divorce lawyers it's kind of like yeah, they, 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 they see the end of the <laughs> of the wedding, yeah, or, or the coupling in a way, and then they go to so many. So, it's a it's a weird yeah. connection, isn't it? I mean, I wonder if they've ever mediated a divorce of somebody that they crashed a wedding for. That would be really weird, wouldn't it? See, that would have been a funny scene that I wanted to see. Like, Director's you'd, cut. You'd think that it would be like a golden opportunity to explore both of their characters and like say what what happens when they get caught out. Yeah. By, by a couple. I was like, oh, hang on, weren't you at our wedding? And yeah, I feel like really divorced. there wasn't enough about their background, was there, to to convince you of why they're doing what yeah. they do. I mean, it's, it's mentioned briefly that they've had the, you know, the laws of wedding crashing passed down by... Yeah, that's... that's but, there's, <sighs> but that's just like, it just happened. There's no background to that. It's just like, suddenly they were just like part part of a club that it got passed down to them. Like exactly, This yeah. guy, Chaz Reinhold, had the wedding crasher rules, <laughs> which is funny, I guess. You can sort of see that happening. Like, that's an, a, a thing you might do in an American college. But why, first of all, did they ever consider to, like, go to a wedding to pick up chicks? I mean, surely if they're both charismatic individuals, they can just do that at a bar? Thing? Yes. Yeah. When you examine the film for more than two seconds, it all falls apart. No. Because yeah. <laughs> going to a wedding to pick up somebody is just a lot of hard work. It's a lot of effort. You have to make expensive. a cover. You have to make a cover story. Yeah. You have to get your nice suit dry cleaned. You know. You have to maybe buy a wedding gift so you don't look out of place yeah. when you're there. Yeah. What I want to know: What wedding? Have you ever been to where there wasn't pre-arranged table yes. table seating plans and with an everyone's invite. name on them? Yeah. yeah, with an invite. Yeah. So when they turn up and they're like, "Which table do we sit at?" Like because they're all named. Yeah. And you, yeah, and you all have your place, and yeah, yeah, people plan out where everyone's going to sit. And it's not like there are spare places, are there? Although I guess I tell you where they're going to slot in, Tom. Right. With the plus ones, aren't they? Yeah, but then the plus ones are account all accounted for, aren't they? Well, sometimes they are, and sometimes they aren't. Because I, I actually no, I, I kind of see where that where this has happened because. Always with a wedding, you you invite like your cousin and their plus uh, and their girlfriend, or or you know your neighbour and their girlfriend, or something like that. And then by the time the wedding has rolled around, they don't have a girlfriend anymore, or they don't want to like to bring their plus one anymore. So there probably will always be at any wedding at least two or three places that are not accounted for. Maybe that would have been filled that are now not. Maybe, but it's a gamble, isn't it? it what, is a gamble, what, some certainly, weddings yeah. might be oversubscribed. 
or even weddings that are small enough that you will conceivably know everybody there. I mean, I can't think of anybody who I want at my wedding that I wouldn't instantly recognise. Yeah, yeah, for real, yeah. But some <laughs> some weddings aren't like that, aren't they? Maybe they just make make sure to go to moneyed weddings where the extended family come along and their wives, basically, mm. and their dogs. The great, huge, massive wedding. And do you know what? I think this is this film is is very much of its time because I think massive, huge weddings like that are a thing of the past. They're so expensive now. A yeah. wedding is so horrendously expensive that I just don't think anyone can afford weddings You say like that, that, but I, th- I think there's, and this is highlighting one of the most deplorable subsections of society, and that is the late 20-something with a little bit of cash in their pocket, mm-hmm. you know, where they, they've got their first good job yep. and, and nothing <laughs> really to spend it on yet, and all that money's going in their back pocket. <laughs> so they're like, what are we going to spend it on? Oh, I guess I've got a girlfriend now. Massive wedding, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, I've been saving now for quite a long time. Uh, I've got enough for the house deposit not allowed to buy the Ferrari because the balls are in the vice. Let's spend it on the wedding. Which 20-somethings do you fucking know, Tom, has got that much money? Well, you, you know who I'm talking about. Like, people who start to work their first good job and then maybe they're still single and they go on a lad's holiday and they splash their cash around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 20-somethings with too much money. I can yeah. kind of see that. And not even, like, ones that are overprivileged. Ones, say, that have have earned it themselves mm-hmm. and they're experiencing it for the first time maybe yeah yeah and Do they're you know just what? throwing it around i honestly can't think of anything worse for a wedding no i ca- I, I can't i think it's a tremendous waste of money and I'd, I'd hope my future partner would would obviously i'd like to think that you you are well matched en- enough with somebody to that you want a th- similar they would event both, they, yeah. they would both say Let's not spend an outrageous amount of money on a wedding because I just see it as a waste. I'd be thinking the entire time is there. Oh man, that's like a thousand pounds. It's I don't know, like two hundred and fifty quid per head it's, for catering or it's something. It's literally just a party. I know. That's it's it. just it's just a big party, isn't it? I know. I that's know. all it is. Although, and I hate parties. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just so I just so know old. that I'm gonna hate my own wedding day because <laughs> I just hate going to parties. And it's not even like an evening thing where you can go to a party and fuck off after about three hours once you've paid I the know. social dues. This is you it. have to stay there the whole yes. day till everyone's you gone. You can't do a French exit at your own wedding, can no. you? <laughs> no, you can't. You can't just up sticks and leave when you're bored. <laughs> Unless you have a wedding that's so expensive. You have one of those where, you know, you go to a, one of those really nice oh, houses where, on location yeah, somewhere, where, yeah. where it's got a hotel attached to yeah. it and you have the honeymoon suite or, you know, the wedding suite or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and you can maybe just be like, I'm going to bed now. But even then, who would do that? I'm not so antisocial, even though I hate parties, that I would just bow out at my own wedding and be like, go to bed now, (laughs) go to bed now, guys. I'm I'm bored now, I'm just going to go home and watch a little bit of Lord of the Rings Um, in bed. They've got Netflix in the room. Um, I'll be up there with this bag of popcorn. I've reached the end of my social battery. Yeah, just like getting a a plate together, putting like three slices of cake on it, and be like, I'm going to bed now. Okay, bye. (laughs) And brides as well. I feel like we're kind of even further cornered into bride like no, nothing's ever turned anyone into a cunt more than being a bride <laughs> and, and having worked in an industry where i've you know you played a lot of wedding shows there's nothing more self-entitled than a bride you know it's the man's day too but it's never seen <laughs> nah. that way is it nah. so it's like oh the bride isn't she beautiful oh it's her day oh that dress five grand you know if a guy spent yeah. five grand on his <laughs> wedding suit you'd be like what what the fuck are you thinking? Oh, but but little girls have had their wedding day and their wedding dress hammered at them since they've been like old enough to understand what a wedding is. Yeah, I don't care who you are and how big the <laughs> fantasy is. Spending ten grand on a dress is not realistic at all. I would. There's actually... no way even that. There's no way that it's cost effective to buy a dress like that. It didn't take ten. They're not. It didn't take 10 grand to design it, and it's not like 10 grand in materials to get the damn thing. It's exploitation. I know some brides that have altered their wedding dress after the big day just so they have more wearability out of it because they spent, like like you said, like five to 10 grand on one dress that they wear on one day. I'd wear something to my wedding that I could use again. I would wear 
a goose down Himalayan ski wonky <laughs> suit. <laughs> I would have my wedding outside and be like, everybody come in sensible, fashionable outdoors oh wear. Oh, God. And then I'd be like, you know what I want for my wedding presents? I want a nice goose down expedition <sighs> suit. I feel like I would want something kind of slightly nice and formal, but casual. Like instead of like a big catering buffet, we'll just get like a barbecue thing going or something like that. Hog yeah. roast. <gasps> Hog roast. You know, like one of those American barbecues where it's like the elite echelons of the barbecue world. Exactly. I think that's kind of what makes what makes what Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn are doing that little bit more deplorable. That's it's they're they're coming to something that somebody has spent a lot of money and effort into planning and doing. I think when they get found out, they they have every right to be incredibly angry that these yes. two people have just like turned up, just turned up and used people's good nature yeah. against them and trusting nature against them. Because the fact the fact of the situation is, even though Christopher Walken's character is meant to be like a patriarchal, powerful guy, yeah, he's still the vibe. His vibe is that he's still sort of a good-hearted, trusting individual, isn't he? Yeah, I'd say the the only person who did act appropriately to finding out who Vince Vaughn and, and Owen Wilson actually were was Bradley Cooper. Nobody yeah. else. <laughs> nobody else was angry at or 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 like actually upset about having been lied to no what i want to know is actually how they managed to find out it was them because yeah. they, they used fake names and they gave they had a fake job description they could have been like anybody in the world yeah surely the private detective should have come back to them and said mm, these people we don't exist i have no clue who you are yeah they've obviously <laughs> given they're obviously using an alias we can't do anything about it mm. i mean how do you how do you even have something on public record that indicates to a private detective that you are a wedding crasher and you've done it multiple times. I mean, as deplorable as it is, it's not exactly an arrestable offence, is it? I mean, um, how how did he discover that on the paper trail? The private detective that discovered them. I d- I I if I don't know if I was going to start doing it, I'd maybe start with some CCTV footage, review their faces. I don't I don't know. Actually. That's a wedding. Well, CCTV footage at a wedding? They'd have maybe had cameras at the reception uh, mm, place where they were. Mm. And, that, and then from, from there, maybe have a look at the address they sent the RSVP. Well, the thing is, they wouldn't have turned up with an RSVP card, would they? Because they're no. crashes. No, exactly. And the little prep books that they have beforehand. So they've obviously put time and effort into prepping for like a, a wedding case. to lie yeah. yeah i mean surely they started doing this because it was simple and quick and easy yeah and it didn't require a lot of effort no exactly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they can just like put a suit on and go to a wedding no. at the weekend shall we move on to the quaskers yeah okay it's time for the quaskers And who's the worst? The Academy don't know shit. We shall decide. So, who are you going to go for as your best in film? I think actually, I'm going to go for Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper? <laughs> because I think, like you said, he was a realist. <laughs> he grounded the film. Not only was he an excellent douchebag, which, you know, I like to see it's, uh, acting done well when they're obviously nice people in real life and, and you hate them. Mm-hmm. It means they've done their job well. He did his job well because Bradley Cooper's a perfectly nice human being, apparently. And uh, he was a very <laughs> convincing dickhole. <laughs> I mean, I would even say that the, the, some of the stuff that he does or says that is meant to indicate to us that he's an asshole didn't make him that much of an asshole. Like it, it kind of did. Like you know when he's got his head down the toilet and he goes, "Oh, babe, are you okay?" I have definitely been that person that has shot back at someone. Does it fucking look like I'm okay? Yeah, that, <laughs> you know that, that one example. I thought exactly that. I was like, um, 
my head is buried in a toilet. You can obviously <laughs> see I'm not okay. But then from her point of view, you can just say that, then well... What, yeah, what else do you say in that situation? That's just how you sort of start a conversation. What you really mean is by, are you okay? Like, do you uh, need what can help? I do for you? Yeah. Like, what, you know, uh, what's wrong, basically? Yeah. I, I mean, as, yeah, I suppose he, he, do, he does become increasingly dickhole-esque <laughs> and uh, like beating people up and hitting on other women. And He's the classic person who I would want nothing to do with at university. He was obviously the sort of person, yeah. say, who went to college and he was in the football team. Mm-hmm. He probably had some kind of job guaranteed for him when he graduated yeah. in daddy's firm. Yeah, yeah. He was probably president of a mm-hmm. frat. On his birthday, On his birthday, he hired out a booth in the club. With a bottle of Grey Goose. Yep. Yeah. And we then, all know a Bradley Cooper at university. And then maybe uh, <laughs> inappropriately mishandled one of the dancers and got daddy to pay them off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, likes to beat up people less less uh, physically strong than him. But having said all this, his reaction was the most realistic reaction to the situation. Oh, yeah. But also, we're meant to think he's a dick when he's just being a normal human being. Like He's obviously like, why is somebody trying to move in on my partner? On my girlfriend. Yeah. yeah who's literally just turned up unannounced to, to, to a wedding. Yeah. A lot of men out there would be aggressive towards somebody who keeps pestering their fiancé, wouldn't they? Yeah. He's not in the wrong, but he's also not in the right either. <laughs> it's one of, he, he skirts the boundary of being likeable and also te- intensely unlikable. Yeah, I think so. Who was your favourite? Having done a complete 180 on last week's episode, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Vince Vaughn. Vincenzo Vaughn. Vincenzo Vaughn. Yeah, Vincenzo Vaughnicus. Vaughnicus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so having said uh, in the last episode that he is the unfunniest man in Hollywood, I think I may have to, I may have to eat some humble pie and say, actually, Mr. Vaughn, you, di- you, did, you did make me laugh quite a bit in this film. I think I think I think the weird thing about this is that even amongst people that are successful, it's weird to think that there are so many people in the world that never realise their true potential, even in a weird subsectional way amongst the Hollywood elite, which you know Vince Vaughn is, he's an A-lister. Yeah. It's weird to think that maybe his in his career he hasn't quite had some of the roles that would make him shine the most. He's never really found his niche, has he? I think he's experimented no. with lots of different genres of film and yeah. never quite found the one that he is 100% suited for. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Mm. He's a, he's um he's the jack of all trades, master of none. True, yeah, yeah. Mm. Cuz what is the seminal Vince Vaughn performance there's a one exactly there's a one yeah <laughs> it's like they're all just sort of like uh half-hearted sort of comedies aren't they like this whereas Owen Wilson, just churned out Owen Wilson this is his niche this this type of film this era of film this is definitely his thing this is this is this like is, meet the fuckers yeah. and you know these the, the sort of early noughties comedy this is condensed Owen Wilson this is can yeah. Owen Wilson. It is. It, yeah, it's a formula written for Owen Wilson. Yeah. 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 And it's like, say, Vince Vaughn has very funny moments. Yeah. And does give out a very good performance in this film. But is it his best? <laughs> no. Is it his worst? No. But what is his best? No one knows. Dodgeball. And even that, I thought, <sighs> yeah, that's a terrible film. That's an average film at best. But again, another one of those cult comedies. Is cult comedy is his niche? Maybe. Maybe. In which he doesn't actually have to be traditionally funny. And he can pretend like he's doing something avant-garde and different. <laughs> is he though? <laughs> is he just being Vince Vaughn? Is he just... Is he, like, a lot of the films in this month that we've seen, just playing himself? <laughs> just playing himself. And I think that's what sets aside a good character actor isn't it is that they just don't play themselves, don't play themselves. all the time <laughs> yeah who are, you gonna, who are you gonna say is your worst in the film oh worst in the film um maybe rachel mcadams i think i think i agree with you there with rachel mcadams but just because she's bland yeah she's bland and mm. i've seen her in a lot you know she's been in better things she's even been in better comedies like she was so much funnier in fire saga than she was in this yeah yeah, she knows how to act. And she knows how to do comedy. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe, but you know, we're seeing young a younger, more fresh-faced Rachel McAdams. It's in the this type film. of role she's playing. Mm. Obviously, she's trying to be. She's playing the sweet she, American girl next door. Yeah, she's not trying to be in any way the subject of the comedy, is she? Really? No. This isn't really a film about her. No, no, it's not, is it? No. Or her character. But the film tries to make it about her because she is the catalyst for Owen Wilson's Owen Wilson's Love. character. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, for something as monumental as a huge great lifestyle change for for that for Owen Wilson's character, she needed to have more substance than just being this average pretty girl. I mm. to- I totally agree with that. Mm. And she she's even outshone by other members of her own family. I want to see more of racist grandma. Yeah, that would have been so much fun. <laughs> racist grandma. Or um or um gay son. Gay gay son is expanded on a lot more in the director's cut, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. But yeah, like there's a couple of scenes where we actually know learn a little bit about Todd and he's not just like this really uh moody teenage son, which works really well because it's it's just sort of weird that he just turns up and like has the weird nude gay art show in the spawn's room <laughs> without any con- without the deleted scenes that were in it explaining really he's good at art and stuff like that. Yeah. And actually talking of um Todd who is played by uh Kira O'Donnell. Yeah. I think I think based on what we've been saying is he going to be your best supporting? Um he's my wasted opportunity. Yeah. I think because he's he's good and we see that from the director's cut of this film. But he's a wasted opportunity. My best supporting, I think, is Christopher Walken. I really like him. Uh, Christopher Walken, he's the wasted opportunity. You wasted a Walken in this yeah. film. Yeah, how do you waste a Christopher Walken? You waste a Walken by making you him know, a Christopher white Christopher Walken's senator. just one of those names where he's such a, a dynamite titan of acting name. And I don't even know why. I can't really even think of many films I've seen Christopher Walken in where I'm like, Wow, I'm watching a masterclass of acting here. Maybe it's just like a lot of the films that he was like that and came out before like we were born. Yeah, and it's so like we don't was, know them. He was an established actor before we actually got into the film and media before then. Yeah. I mean, literally, when you think of Christopher Walken, what role do you think of him in? Because uh, I'll tell you it which needs two- more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that that's certainly up there for me. But there's two, there's two that come to mind for for me. Yeah, number one is uh, the headless horseman in Sleepy Hollow, in which his seminal line is "ha ha," <laughs> right? <laughs> and then the second one is uh, the lesser known Disney um, film Country Bears. No, have you ever seen it? No, no. Uh, this is w- what I mean. In which his memorable line in that is. I'll get you, bears! <laughs> and he says it so strangely. Maybe he's one of those actors who is really famous on, on the theatre circuit and the critics love but can and you stuff. Imagine I don't how, know. But can you imagine going to see Christopher Walken in The Tempest? I think he'd be quite good in a lot of traditional theatre. Really? Or would you be thinking the whole time, that is Christopher Walken? <laughs> like, can you imagine him in uh, God, God, God of, you know, God of Carnage or like Waiting for Godot? He'd <laughs> be quite, I feel like it would be quite a weird twist, wouldn't it? It'd be quite funny. Cat on a hot tin roof with yeah. Christopher Walken. I think, he, I think he would nail some of that theatre stuff, to be honest. Uh, maybe. Apparently he's a bit of a dancer, though. He was, he's known more a for dancer? dance. Yeah. Really? Yeah. See, again, just so- something nobody even knows about Christopher Walken. I know. But even on this side of the pond, I think he's he's like an Ian McKellen. You think he's Ian McKellen level he's, of acting? I think in terms of his acting fame he is, yeah. Oh, I would not have put him on the same Ian McKellen is Ian a massive McKellen. is a massive uh, British name, isn't he? Yes. Whereas Christopher Walken is a massive American name. I think he's a household American acting name. Possibly, possibly. Mm. And, and if say if we go over there, I don't think a lot of the people would really know Ian McKellen on the same level they do here. Over there, he's probably Gandalf and um, Magneto. and Magneto, and that's probably about it. And Bezzy mates with Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Bezzy mates, that, which is the best thing ever. Yeah, that this is the friendship we didn't know we wanted, but we need. But yes, but we all need. Yeah, <laughs> I think my best supporting is going to go to Isla Fisher. Because she's just a complete nutcase. She's crazy. Yeah, I like that she was just kooky and she wasn't. She wasn't like trying to um, conform to any preconceived notions of what 
just like early noughties hot women are meant yeah. to be. And which she, is funny. she's she 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 definitely has that kind of kind of spoiled little rich girl uh, vibe. Yeah, and she was also just just so funny to 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 watch be so cringy and kind of uncomfortably clingy yeah <laughs> and, and i hate kind of comedy like that i really hate being made to purposely feel uncomfortable yeah which which i feel Wait, is but why I do you think the british office is the best thing ever then if you don't like that because the the archetypes in the british office are things that we can all relate to. We've all had a boss like David Brent. We've all had a co-worker like um, Mackenzie Crook. Um, we've yeah. all we've all been Tim at one point in our in our lives, you know. But then again, this goes even deeper. Basically, ladies and gentlemen, we should have a poll out there. What's better, the American Office or the British Office? Oh, don't start this argument again because you know I know you'll just lose. It's Steve Carell <laughs> is. I know it's great to to uh, be the creator of something great, but then they took it to another level. They made it. The name it is today, The Office, The American Office. But I think The American Office has just fundamentally misunderstood what The Office was meant to be about. It's meant to be finding the comedy in wasting your life away in in, in a booth, in, in, an, in an office type scenario. It's meant to be depressing. Whereas I feel America couldn't handle a theme like that. They couldn't so handle that real life aspect no, of it. That so they gave people, it yeah. this like silver lining. Oh, life is all right after all, isn't it? So, <laughs> sort of thinking. And that's so just, American. That's just fundamentally they had not to what slap the, the American dream out, exactly. you know, all exactly. over it, which is basically any one of these people could have left at any point to be oh, oh, uber successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's just not life, is it? No. Sometimes. So there you are. You agree with me. Thank you for having this conversation. Uh, but to be honest, sometimes I don't want to think about these things in, a mid- in the middle of a comedy. I just want to see Michael Scott do his thing. No, but have you ever been at work? No, you haven't because you don't work in an office. But have you ever been at work and you do, you're having a joke around with your colleagues and you just do think this should be like a film of its, of its own or a TV show of its own? No. We should have our own TV show. <laughs> uh, no. 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 I know, I know. You just, you just work with boring people then, do you? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I have friends who work in the same industry, obviously, who I get on with. And everybody thinks about, you know you know what? Uh, this this is why I think that nothing is funny anymore. Because everyone thinks they're a critic, don't they? Yeah. Because, <laughs> including us. Including us. <laughs> is that everyone says, oh man, we're so, we're so funny, we should write comedy. You know, yeah. like, like that yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. I, I think that's just friends being good friends is that... Friends who all get on, they enjoy each other's company so much that they're all like, oh man, we are so funny. I'm having so much fun that this is as good as comedy. I tell you how you know that when you've got a good group of friends, Mm. when you just have like a moment when you're all together, just hanging out in which you're laughing so hard that you're like crying or you're doing that kind of wheezing, silent laugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, you don't want to laugh anymore because it hurts. Because it hurts. Physically hurts, yeah. but you do laugh because it's just, it's funny. Yeah. Funny stuff's happening, yeah. We shall see you all very soon, ladies and gents. Yes. Goodbye for now. Bye. Goodbye.